welcome in to the Sports Plus podcast. If you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're watching this live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, hello live as well. Uh, tonight, we're going to dive into the Cardinals' 2020 season and where they can maybe go from there, uh, wrapping everything up for this Cardinals' crazy year that was. I'm Corey Miller, 500 Side Sports uh, multi-platform producer with 500 Side Sports Director Frank Cusimano. And Frank, let's get right into it, looking back on 2020. Okay, all things considered, we've talked about this before, not too bad when you think about everything the Cardinals had to go through. But at the beginning of the year, no COVID, no nothing. I tell you, the Cardinals are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Pretty disappointing. But when you get some perspective, not that bad. Yeah, I think that if you look at what they had to overcome, being shut down for 17 days, losing all that starting pitching. I mean, think about it. Carlos Martinez, Miles Michaelis, Dakota Hudson, your closer, Jordan Hicks, before the season, to finish two games over 500 to make it to the postseason, granted an extra layer of playoffs, I think it's solid. That's the good news here. The bad news is you can't go into this offseason like you did the last offseason. You can't say, well, we didn't have a large enough sample size. We need to find out about our young outfielders. And believe me, I don't want to condemn any of these hardworking young Cardinals who are trying to make a name for themselves. But I do think in the baseball capital of the country that they are going to have to bring in a dynamic bat. They just have to. Corey, let me just say this. Um, I'm not one of these people that think that the DeWitts are cheap because if you look at you know, how they've spent as opposed to other teams, they've spent a lot of money. But I do think that they owe it to this city to bring another, another bat in, or we're going to be saying the same thing about the 2021 team as we did about the 2020 team. I mean, let's face it, Corey, the definition of insanity is, you know, repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And you won't get a different result with this group of offensive players. I think that's how everybody's feeling in St. Louis right now. If you're watching on Facebook, you have a question or comment, drop it in uh, below there. If you're watching live, I'll, I'll try and get to it. Let's talk about some high points looking back now for a little bit on 2020. Adam Wainwright was the MVP of the Cardinals. 5-3, and 3.15 ERA at 39 years old, oldest player in the National League. You and I, we, we don't doubt Adam Wainwright anymore, but I didn't expect him to be this good. I don't think anybody did. And he set himself up nicely to hopefully come back on the same type of deal he had. It was just a joy to watch him this year. And I'm glad we had baseball because we got to see Adam Wainwright go out and dominate again. Yeah, to lead the team in wins, innings pitched, strikeouts, starts, absolutely insane at 39. And maybe it makes you think that when he did have those rough years when he was getting hit around, the guy just wasn't healthy. So he got healthy again at 38 and at 39. And this is the Wainwright that was, you know, so dynamic for all those years. So he's coming back next year. I know he, he talked about it on the broadcast today. I'm either going to be doing this or doing this. Well, believe me, this guy would much rather be a pitcher than a broadcaster. I think he's uh, he put out quite a nice tape, though, for once he's done. I think uh, he's going to have a couple people vying for his services. He was really good on the broadcast today. Uh, also on the pitching side, uh, Kwong Hyung Kim. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I know the Cardinals do their homework when they bring in uh, guys from other leagues outside the country and international scouting. So you trust them. They hit on Miles Michaelis, who had dominated overseas before that. 
But, I mean, Kim, I think, defied everybody's expectations as well. Maybe it's because guys had never seen him before. Maybe that'll go away next year. But I had a lot of fun watching KK go out this season, that's for sure. Yeah, that's money well spent. That was $8 million for two years for a guy who, you know, really wasn't hit all season long, especially as a starter. And you go into next season with the big three with Flaherty, Wayno, and KK, that's a pretty good base to build from. And you you got to believe, you know, Michaelis is going to be back, although it's a forearm, you're not quite certain. And then you throw in Alex Reyes in that fifth spot. That's a good-looking rotation. You know, a great pitching staff is a terrible thing to waste. That's why they got to get some offense. We'll talk about the rotation for next year in a little bit. And you mentioned Alex Reyes. He was one of the bright spots of this past year. Kind of starting to look like the guy we were hoping to see a few years ago before all the injuries. It's tough not to get excited when you go and see him still popping the radar gun and being dominant. I've been big on this guy forever. Even through all the injuries, just be patient. He's going to get there eventually. He's not there yet, but I really hope uh, I really hope this is the – he's rounding the corner to be the weapon the Cardinals at least somewhat thought he was going to be. Yeah, he basically didn't pitch for three years. I mean, three solid seasons where the guy didn't pitch. So it took him a while to get his touch and his feel back, but that electrifying talent is there, and you don't want to waste him. And I, I don't want to dim, diminish the role of a middle reliever or a setup guy, but this guy has electric special stuff I'd stick him in that rotation and 200 innings later, you know, find out how his season went. I am 100% on the same page there. Now let's talk about the low points, which is pretty much all of our high points for pitching. So the low point is pretty much the entire offense, except for Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, it was awful. There's really no other way to say it. Fifth worst OPS in baseball, first worst, fourth worst in slugging. They can get guys on every once in a while, but they couldn't get them home. I can't even remember how many times they got a guy on third base and couldn't get a simple sack fly or a ground ball to just get a run in. Uh, it was it was pretty painful to watch at times. And I would say I would put some of this on this weird season and the virus and guys' schedules being messed up. But we saw this last year too. So it's a trend at this point, and it's a very unwelcome trend. Yeah, and with Paul Goldschmidt, he had a really respectable OPS, but it's the wrong type of OPS out of your number three hitter. It was a good one because he got on base so much because they pitched around him so much and they walked him and he got on base. You want Paul Goldschmidt's OPS to be really high because of doubles, triples, and home runs. I don't blame him. He had a solid season, but six home runs is not enough. He's, you know, it's a weird season, but if you equate that to 162, that's still not much. I mean, when Brad Miller out homers you, you're not getting enough power out of him either. So. Um, in terms of pluses on the offense, I think you got what you expected out of Yadier Molina. Um, I think you got what you wanted out of Dexter Fowler, and then would give definitely Paul Goldschmidt. But you're disappointing in center, you're disappointing in left, you didn't get what you needed out of third, you didn't get what you needed out of short, and Colton Wong was slightly below what you expected. Now the good news is Dylan Carlson, after he came back the second time, had an OPS in the 900s, and you can just pencil him in next year uh, as a starting outfielder. I think, you know, you have Fowler, you have Carlson, and then hopefully you have a trade acquisition. I'm glad you mentioned Fowler. He did have a good year, was a bright spot. 
little bit of time uh, on the precautionary IL. Uh, but as in terms of really the three guys, the Cardinals didn't go out and make a move because they wanted to see what they had. O'Neal, Bader, and Lane Thomas. And all three had bad seasons. I mean, O'Neal hit some dingers every once in a while. Bader would go on a streak for a day or two where it looked like he might break out. And you wanted to add him to our fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while, he'd, he'd look like he was going to go on a roll. Lane Thomas looked completely lost this year. Uh, and I think I do think a lot of that was due to the craziness this season. He actually did have COVID and was out for a while. But they gave these guys a chance to play. Like you said, is that did we see all we needed to see? Or do you think they're going to come back and say, well, that's not really representative. We need to see more. Well, I'm not saying that none of these three will end up being good everyday starting outfielders in the big leagues. I am saying this, that if you don't get like a third baseman who can be a dynamic bat, then you have to get an outfielder who can be a dynamic bat. Uh, you know, that's the bottom line. See, the Cardinals, it's an interesting thing with the Cardinals. They're a good team if Yadier Molina is hitting seventh or eighth. They're a good team if Paul DeYoung is hitting sixth or seventh. They're a good team if Dexter Fowler is your third best offensive outfielder. But that's not the case, you know, the way it's set up right now. I mean, they're going to hit Yadi up in the lineup. They're going to hit Paul DeYoung up in the lineup. And you're going to need Dexter Fowler to be one of your best offensive outfielders. And, you know, you just compare it to the team they just lost to, the Padres. Or how about the team you watched today, the Atlanta Braves? How, how did the Cardinals beat those teams with this offense? I'm not quite certain how they do it. That's a good question. Let's look ahead now. Let's turn the page, look at 2021. The very first thing that's on, I know there's, like we've discussed, there's offensive issues, outfield issues. But the first thing on fans' minds, uh, are we going to see Molina and Wainwright back next year? And we're both pretty confident on Wainwright. I think we're both pretty confident on Molina, although I don't think that's a totally done deal. What is your gut feeling right now? Are we going to see uh, Yachty and Wainwright together for at least one more year next year? I think so. And I, I talked to Benji Molina and Benji was pretty out there when he basically said, hey, they're paying other guys a lot of money who didn't produce and Yachty has produced. So it just makes a lot of sense. I don't think Yachty will get greedy and demand two years guaranteed. I think it's going to be a one-year deal with an option. And if he does well, and it wouldn't shock me if he does you know, do well, he'll come back a following season. I don't think the Cardinals can get stupid here and say, okay, Yachty, you had a fine season. You made $20 million a year. We're going to give you $40 million. I think they say, here's $10 million, and we'll give you an option for a second year, and we'll just see how this season goes. He's got to retire as a Cardinal. Yeah, and we've talked about this. This isn't the same as the Pujols situation where he was looking for the huge deal with the long term, uh, and they wanted that franchise pillar still. Molina, obviously a franchise pillar, but I think he's going to know what he's worth. He knows he's at the end. He just wants to milk a couple more years of, of baseball he's got left in him, although knowing Yachty, he could probably play till he's about 50. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe he's in the shape he's in. But I think they find a way to get it done, especially they – they need to keep more guys as Cardinals their whole career. They have an opportunity to do it here with a cornerstone guy who's going to be around for a long time, and you can really just lean on him like we've seen them do with their Hall of Famers like Gibson and Brock. Molina can be one of those guys, and I think they know they need to get it done. I think they will get it done. So we think we're going to have Yachty and Wayno back. Uh, any, I mean, we talked about possible big moves, and the Cardinals recently have been uh, – 
uh, pretty uh, – they don't want to dip their toe in that water. They'll make some big trades. But in terms of signing guys, not so much. Out there this uh, offseason, here are some, a few guys they might be able to lure in. George Springer, who's having a crazy playoffs. Michael Brantley, both Astros outfielders. Jock Peterson, another outfielder with the Dodgers. Didi Gregorius maybe to come in and play third. Or Justin Turner, who's older, or could possibly play third. Is there anybody on this free agent uh, market that you think – well, A, you like as a Cardinals fit, or, and B, would they even go after? Well, one and four there are very interesting. I've been talking about George Springer for the last month now. He had two home runs today, and I think he's terrific, and he's only 30 years old. I just don't know, um, after COVID-19 and the Cardinals got hit with this dramatic decrease in revenue. Now, granted, we're not going to have you know, a, a bake sale for the DeWitt family, but I don't know if they're going to be in that market. But Turner is very interesting because the Dodgers are going to have to part ways because they have so many good young players that they can move on from Turner. And he may be exactly the kind of offensive force you need there at third base. And I don't think he'd be real expensive. So I think he's interesting. It's either going to be a third baseman or an outfielder. And, you know, another thing about the Cardinals, too, moving forward, I think they're a really good team, too, Corey, if Tommy Edmond is like, you know, a platoon player. I don't know if Tommy Edmond being your everyday, say, left fielder or third baseman gives you enough home runs and RBIs, although he had 26 RBIs this year, which I think, which I think was tops on the team. Yeah, I, I just don't see that Springer's going to be commanding a whole lot of money. Uh, these other guys you might be able to get for a little cheaper. They're a little older, not quite as produced as much as him. So they may have a chance to save some money but still get somebody there. I think it's going to be in a trade if they're going to get anybody yeah. because they have the arms to deal from, like we've seen before. Uh, and they've shown they have enough arms, if everybody's healthy, that they can spare a few uh, if they want to move them on. So I think we could see the Cardinals be involved in some sort of trade for a third baseman or outfielder this hot stove season. Let's talk about the Central could be at a very uh, important time right now the nl central it could totally be up for grabs and the cardinals put a stranglehold on it for i think years to come the cubs look like they're at the beginning of a rebuild and tear down uh with everything you hear coming out of chicago the brewers they don't want to spend any more money the pirates are terrible and the reds are probably going to lose their best pitcher this offseason and trevor bauer as he probably is going to get more money elsewhere so i think this is a huge offseason for the cardinals because it could determine what's going to happen for the next few years to come well that's the good news because, as you say, the Cubs are about to tear things down. Even Theo's going to leave. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Baez is gone, if Rizzo is gone. It's, they're, big, they're big three or four. They could lose two or three of them. And you're right about the Reds losing Bauer. And, you know, I, don't, I like the Cardinal organization better than I like the Milwaukee Brewers organization. So that's the good news. The bad news is, are you competing against those mediocre teams in the Central Division who are all wiped out in the postseason? Or are you trying to think big and how do you get to the Braves? How do you get to the Padres? How do you get to the Dodgers level? I like to think that's what the Cardinals should be shooting for and not trying to beat the mediocrity in the Central Division. That's a good point. I, I mean... The Padres exposed that. I mean, the Cardinals are good for two games, but in a longer season against a Padres lineup or a Dodgers lineup or a Braves lineup, the Cardinals look insignificant, honestly, right now. So that's a good point. You can get there, 
But once you come up against the big boys, it's not nearly going to be enough. Last thing, uh, we talked about this throughout the throughout the podcast here. Lots of options for the rotation. Is one of those Carlos Martinez anymore, or does this really feel like he's either on his way out of town or he's going to be relegated to mop-up duty in the bullpen? Bullpen, Because it was really just an awful year for him all the way around. Yeah, my first inclination is, yeah, it's, it's time to part ways. But on second thought, I have this, this theory on it. You are not going to get anything for Carlos Martinez right now. You know, I think Major League Baseball knows that maybe the work ethic and his ability to focus is not great. And now you're coming off his worst season ever, and you're coming off an injury at the end, and you're wondering about his conditioning level and his commitment to greatness. I mean, this is like having like Apple stock, and the stock goes up to 90, and then it drops to 10, and then you sell it now. I don't know. I think... I'd almost be inclined to, hey, Carlos, you want to make the team next year? Get in shape, and we'll see in Jupiter in February. We'll see how it goes. Because I don't know what they could get for Carlos Martinez at this stage. And it also wouldn't surprise me, because he does have nice talent, that if he were to come back and pitch well. But I, I was in favor of getting rid of him. The more and more I think about it, what could you get for him? You know, if it was about... I don't know, 15 years ago, and Carlos Martinez was on a different team, I would want the Cardinals to go out and get him and get him in Dave Duncan's hands. And he seems like a, a project that they could have turned in back into what they thought he was going to be. But, yeah, I, I don't know what they'd uh, they'd go out and get for him. I, I, I'm kind of on that same page. Bring him in, see what you can do. Maybe he either builds up his uh, trade value again or you get a nice little boost from him but I have no idea what to expect from Carlos at this point. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to our Cardinals Plus 2020 wrap-up and look ahead to 2021. Hopefully, at the very least, we'll be able to watch some Cardinals baseball in person next year. We all, we all miss that this year. Take care, everybody.